Jerome Hudson, Breitbart News Entertainment Editor, author of the book 50 Things They Don't Want You to Know About Trump. This is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. A fake news reckoning is coming to CNN. Apparently hundreds of people are about to be fired. And it should surprise no one that one of the biggest, loudest leaders in pro-Democrat propaganda is collapsing. Elon Musk says... Twitter has failed in trust and safety for a long time and has interfered in elections. He's got the documents to prove it. Joe Biden's White House is worried, not about all the dangers of an open border, but about the thousands and maybe tens of thousands of illegal immigrants waiting in Mexico and set to flood over the border when DHS ends Title 42. More potentially bad news on the Democrats' rail strike disaster. We get into all of that and more on today's show. at least uh, the one that sticks out the most, CNN chopping one, uh, hundreds of jobs. John Nolte reporting for Breitbart News that the hundreds of staffers uh, will be let go, layoffs coming just in time uh, for the Christmas season, which is just something that happens with great regularity. You just hear about uh, thousands of people just being laid off. Right before Christmas. It's a weird industry thing. But it is happening. John Nolte calls it a fake news reckoning. He, Chris Licht, CNN's hapless new chief, John Nolte writes, uh, new chief of lies, CNN is returning to journalism. Uh, okay. Released a memo on Wednesday that warned, quote, many, end quote, they might want to lean, uh, excuse me, learn how to code. Um... Uh, let's see here. Uh, John Nolte tweeted, our people are the hearts <laughs> and soul of this organization. It's incredibly hard to say goodbye to any member of CNN team, much less many. Um, quote, I recently described this process as a gut punch because I know how this feels for all of us. This is Chris Light, the CNN uh, president writing purportedly anyway in an email writ large at CNN. Today, we will notify a limited number of individuals, largely some of our paid contributors, whew, as part of a, a recalibrated reporting strategy. Tomorrow, we will notify impacted employees, and, and tomorrow afternoon, I will follow up with more details on these changes. So apparently... A lot of people are getting some really sad and bad news in their inboxes. Uh, people say, John Nolte continues, this is a terrible thing to do around Christmas. Normally, I would agree, but these people don't believe in Christmas. They hate Christian. They hate Christmas. They hate everyone who loves Christmas. If you and I were let go during Christmas, they would be. That would be one thing. That would be terrible. What would be cruel is laying. CNN staffers off on May Day. <laughs> that would be a real gut punch. John Oti continues, so unless this is more fake news from CNN, it looks like the paid contributors will get the axe today and the rest tomorrow. 
what did these serial liars, idiots expect? Did CNN honestly expect it could thrive after all this? And then John Nolte lists a cavalcade of fake news reports that I'm not calling fake news reports, but that the the presence of time has proved, along with dutiful reporting by Breitbart News and pushback, that all of the things that I am about to mention to you were lies reported as news and fact by CNN. It, it, it wasn't good for the bottom line because Chris Light also warned, as we reported a couple of weeks ago, I believe that hard economic times are brewing. Oh, well, that's true. And I don't know, Breitbart News, you know, small mom and pop shop, we're killing it routinely, if not one or two or in the top three of most read news outlets on Facebook. Alexa.com, the Amazon owned, has us routinely in the top 50 of, of websites read. We're in the same business as CNN. The, the, the fundamental difference is, is that we actually respect our audience and we give them the truth. We tell both sides of the story. We don't hide details that would hurt one political party or help another. Did CNN honestly expect it could thrive after all this? Russia collusion hoax. Hands up, don't shoot hoax. Jesse Smollett hoax. Covington KK Kids hoax. Very fine people hoax. Seven hour gap hoax. You know, the uh, the infamous Trump tapes that were supposed to be just like the Nixon tapes. Uh, global warming hoax. Nolte continues, Russian bounty hoax. I mean, you remember half of this stuff? And I'm not even halfway through his list. Trump trashes troops hoax. Remember that? You know, the Atlantics. I believe his editor-in-chief Goldberg reported it with four unnamed sources. But then named sources came out and said, oh, the president never actually said that. But it was basically too late. A Alex wrote about it in his book. People were already voting under the guise. The Atlantic reported it. CNN picked it up and ran with it. The president went overseas and trashed World War II troops. CNN just ran with it. Whole cloth. Unnamed sources in the Atlantic story. And everybody who was on the record, who came out afterward, said it didn't happen. They were in the room. Oh, boy. Excuse me. Note he continues. Policeman killed at mostly peaceful January 6th protest hoax. It didn't happen. No police officers were killed during the January 6th riot. Just didn't happen. Rittenhouse hoax. Eating while black hoax. Boy, that's what. Border agent whipping illegals hoax. Like we had photographs of, of an image of a border patrol agent horseback trying to capture people who were trying to illegally enter the country. Very dramatic photos. But those photos were taken by a person. And that photog actually came out and rebuffed the reporting of CNN. A news, excuse me, fake news outlet that was saying Border Patrol agents just whipping black people at the border. Total fake hoax just made up. They didn't care. It was politically expedient, which is why CNN did it. And as a result, somehow, some way, people are losing their jobs over there. NASCAR news hoax, <laughs> the Georgia Jim Crow 2.0 hoax. That's right. That's right. CNN pushed out the narrative that Georgia 
pass bills that would shore up integrity in its voting system. Oh, my God. And CNN called it Jim Crow 2.0. You know, you know, just defame the people who were actually murdered by Democrats 50, 60 years ago in this country and compare that situation in, the, in, 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 in oftentimes white Americans, racist, oftentimes Democrats threatening black and white Republicans, threatening their lives if they voted Republican. CNN thought it was a good idea to compare that horrific situation that existed in America's history to laws that the Georgia legislature passed and Brian Kemp signed into law that would shore up integrity in that state's voting system. <laughs> oh, 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 I should also mention that a record number of people voted in Georgia's elections after the, quote, Jim Crow 2.0 laws passed. We're not even sure, I, I can't confirm it, if CNN actually reported that inconvenient truth. Two more here. Trump assaulted Secret Service agents and grabbed steering wheel of beast hoax. Frame MAGA for alleged Paul Pelosi assault hoax, which, again, we still don't really know uh, all the details around that. Nolte concludes that the CNN president, Chris Licht, isn't interested in fixing the problems at that network. He's already proven that by giving basement rating Election denier Jake Tapper, a primetime tryout. He also moved Don Antifa lover Lemon to mornings. These people and the rest of the CNN staff have no credibility. The brand is more than destroyed. It's a, it's a national joke. The bottom has fallen out of the ratings and nothing has changed under Chris Light. Amen. Bravo. A must read. I recommend it highly. Uh, so, so I see Nolte's report on that. And then, uh, someone, maybe a, a, a listener, I think sent me this headline. Washington post says it will end Sunday magazine eliminates 10 staff positions. It, it wasn't shocking to me, but it just felt like it would go very nicely in an opening monologue today. After 36 years of publication, the last magazine issue will be released on Christmas of this year. So just in a few weeks, I have lived longer than the Washington Post magazine. The decision to end the magazine was made in part due to, quote, economic headwinds, end quote. Executive Sally Busby was quoted as saying in a Washington Post article that announced the firings and the end of the Washington Post magazine. I mean, uh, you know, choices have consequences. It's cliche, you know, but it's it's true. You know, if you if you call yourself a news magazine and you trade on the legacy of a brand that was built up and respected over time and then you absolutely betray all of that hard work and then you produce a product in news that is so flagrantly and transparently fake, people will not tune in and watch your TV shows. They won't buy your stupid Sunday magazine. They won't read your news reporting online. They won't follow you on the gram. And the, in the laws of economic reality will press your face up against the cold, hard, concrete reality of, of, of doing business. You know, and, and CNN can't actually afford all the fake news anymore. It's coming at a cost. 
It's the same for Washington Post. Um, Elon Musk claimed in a recent tweet that Twitter has, quote, failed in trust and safety for a very long time and has interfered in elections, end quote. Wow. Well, again, one of those things that's super obvious, something we've known for now two and a half years. But it is interesting to see a man who is the second richest man on the planet who has purchased probably one of the most digitally and societally ubiquitous means of mass communication in Twitter. That is what it is. It's sad that we have to admit it, but the thing is everywhere. Admitting this, Musk, the new owner of the platform, has promised to release internal documents to restore public trust in the company. Okay. All right. We'll see. So Reuters, speaking of fake news outlets, tweeted an interview with the extreme leftist former head of trust and safety at Twitter, Yule Roth, in which Mr. Roth, I assume he's a mister, stated that the platform has not been made, quote, safer, end quote, under Musk. Oh, well, that's just all very convenient for him to say. I do believe Musk fired him. <laughs> quote, the obvious reality as, lo as long-time users know, is that Twitter has failed in trust and safety for a very long time and has interfered in elections, S tweeted Elon Musk in response to Mr. Roth. Elon Musk continued, Twitter 2.0, however, will be far more effective, transparent, and even-handed, end quote. So obviously Twitter has for a long time uh, interfered in elections. Uh, that's not me saying it. That's an overwhelming majority of Americans who have said it repeatedly for years when asked by pollsters in survey uh, outlets. The, 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 the obvious thing that comes to mind is the outlet infamously banning the New York Post for uh, Twitter from its platform for 16 days. Even though Jack Dorsey came out and said, oh, well, you know, we reinstated Twitter immediately. You know, 16 days and immediately don't think they are next to each other, you know, in the old dictionary. Now, and, and and so all of this will come to a head again. Elon Musk now owns Twitter, says Twitter 2.0 will be a transparent and open and people for that reason can come back and know that they are, they can trust the platform is not hiding news and shadow banning people and then banning other people, but allowing other people to stay on the platform and deny elections, which is the thing that the other group of people, usually conservatives are being accused of while they're being kicked off the platform. Elon Musk said he did the, the new Twitter, Twitter 2.0, he's going to release internal documents. We'll, we'll, we'll see about that. Put a pin in that one. Um, this all matters, though. It, it absolutely matters what Twitter and Facebook did, blocking and tackling for Democrats, helping to bury details about the Biden family corruption to the highest order that the aforementioned Breitbart politics editor Emma Jo Morris reported in the weeks before the 2020 election. It all absolutely matters. And again, this is not just me saying that it matters. It matters to a lot of American voters. In October 2021, a survey from the Media Research Center found that 49% of the thousand respondents asked said it was inappropriate for social media sites to suppress the New York Times, excuse me, New York Post report in October 2020 
that showed Hunter, prom Hunter Biden promised Ukraine business partners access to his father, who was running for president at the time. Uh, Rasmussen survey uh, a month earlier, September, excuse me, a year, a year later, Rasmussen surveyed a thousand likely voters from August 31st to September 1st, 2022. So just a couple months ago, 63% of that 1000 likely voters said Hunter Biden laptop story still important nearly two years later in August 20. Uh, excuse me, August 26th of this year, 2022, nearly four in five Americans who've been following the Hunter Biden laptop scandal still believe that, quote, truthful, end quote, coverage would have changed the outcome of the 2020 presidential election. The New York Post reported on that poll just a few months ago. The poll's results, okay, derived from an initial survey of 1,335 adults and was conducted by the New Jersey-based Technometric Institute of Policy and Politics. Oh, who the hell are they with that funky name? Well, the Technometric Institute of Policy and Politics has accurately predicted every presidential election since 2004, okay? And is among the handful that forecast Trump's 2016 upset victory against Hillary Clinton. So according to that Institute of Policy and Politics, nearly four and five Americans, when they asked them, also said they're convinced that information on the computer is real. With just 11 percent saying that they thought it was created by Russia. Well, you know, we got to pray for that 11 percent. An even higher number of respondents, 81 percent, said U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland should appoint a special counsel to investigate matters related to the first son's infamous laptop. Oh, uh, you know, and Merrick Garland cares about democracy because, you know, democracy is on the line and all that. Merrick Garland has not appointed a special counsel. In fact, Merrick Garland has appointed a special counsel to go after former President Donald Trump about some documents that the president apparently took and he wasn't supposed to take from the White House. And he was going to sell those documents to the highest bidder. That didn't happen either. But, you know, whatever. So we're, uh, you know, we got a fake news reckoning. And apparently, according to Elon Musk, we're going to get a Twitter reckoning as well. Elon Musk, uh, if he uh, releases documents that we have to assume these emails would be correspondence between, I don't know, high ranking Twitter officials and high ranking federal government officials. In the deep state, who the hell knows? That would put pressure on Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg, who just admitted in a freaking podcast that, oh, the FBI came to us. We're like, oh, you're going to hear some stuff about a laptop. Wink, wink. Do our bidding. The FBI probably didn't even have to say it. Mark Zuckerberg was like, well, we don't want to be deciding, well, you know, what's true and what not. So we're going to just stifle the reporting from the New York Post. If tr Donald Trump Jr., had a laptop that was found and was left at a repair shop and then the FBI knew about it and they didn't want to take it for whatever reason. But then a reporter found it and published the news of the laptop, all the information, and it just happened to be damaging to Donald Trump Jr., but also very illuminating about corruption of his sitting president father, Donald John Trump. Do you think Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey over at Twitter at the time, you think all these people would have buried that?
Elizabeth Warren. Producer Zach and I, I think, have a similar thought. Where the hell has Pocahontas been? Well, she's here now. Senator Elizabeth Warren says Elon Musk, one man can't just sit atop of the world and make decisions about what information is disseminated. It's just good to see that uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren, who has lied about her ethnicity uh, to climb the professional ladder, <laughs> is still out there fighting for the little guy. Clip three. Republicans say that um, Democrats are picking on Elon Musk. Elon Musk is doing just fine. But do you think that users have a right to freedom of speech, even if what they're saying is wrong or offensive? I think that one human being should not decide how millions of people communicate with each other. One human being should not be able to go into a dark room by himself and decide, oh, that person gets heard from, that person doesn't. That's not how it should work. Now, again, you know, we don't have access to the rest of that interview here, sadly. So we don't know if that reporter then pushed back and followed up with Senator Warren and said, well, do you think it's okay if a few people at Twitter and a handful of people at Facebook make that decision, Senator? Because that's exactly what the hell happened in the weeks leading up to the 2020 presidential election. Producer uh, uh, Greg Eben, if we can't, can we can we just reach out to the Warren office, see if she'll come on so I could ask her that question? Appreciate that, boss. Officials in President Joe Biden's White House are worried that, quote, open borders and quote narrative among migrants waiting in Mexico will set a new illegal immigration record as the Department of Homeland Security ends Title 42 border control. So apparently there are thousands, thousands of people, maybe tens of thousands of people waiting at the Mexico border, just waiting for Title 42, the CDC Protection Authority first imposed under President Trump to allow Border Patrol agents to quickly remove illegal aliens. It will go away. And once it does, that those thousands or tens of thousands of people from all across the country, South America, to Russia, apparently, will just flood into the country. So Biden administration officials are highly concerned about the optics of that, the imagery. It, it is absolute political poison every time that happens, because even the fakest of the fake news can't cannot report it. And once they report it, then it becomes widely known. People, people routinely are sour on the fact that there are just people flooding into the country. Um, it's sort of one of those 90-10 issues. Um, so this is all happening, as John Bender reports. And what's fascinating about, to me about this story is, so federal judge struck down Title 42, and rather than appealing the judge's decision, the Biden DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas asked the court for a five-week wind-down period. So, so Alejandro Mayorkas knows better than anyone that there are literally thousands of people just waiting to, to flood into the country. The Mexican cartels probably can't get their coyotes out fast enough to push these people to the border. Mayorkas knows that better than anyone. He knows the threat that that would impose, but see, it's not a threat from Mayorkas. He wants to destroy this country by allowing as many people from as many countries all over the 
all over the world into this country. Um, and, and in his mind, instead of actually keeping Title 42 in place, Alejandro Mayorkas wants to just have a few weeks to, to get his agencies ready. And the, and the concern from the Biden White House is not about safety. It's not about drugs and people and children being smuggled over. What actually happens to the towns and cities and municipalities who have to absorb all of these illegal aliens? No, no, it's the optics. Oh, my God, if ABC News tonight actually had cameras at the border, actually, it's going to happen. That's their big concern, how it all looks. Um, this is just absolutely interesting and just fascinating stuff. We'll, we'll stay on the story. Um, but there's a nightmare looming for sure. Um, I, I, I'm, I'll, 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 I'll dutifully keep working on, uh, an update, uh, Tim Apple as a uh, former president Trump would, would call him, but Tim Cook, the Apple CEO, is going to Washington. He's going to kiss rings and probably make promises of lucrative campaign or PAC donations. He's supposed to be meeting with Jim Jordan, some other Republican congressmen, also uh, Senator uh, Cornyn and some other Democrat and, and Republican uh, senators. Um, apparently there had been a bunch of brouhaha and it's hard to know what was real and what was fake, but... Apple was apparently going to remove Twitter from its App Store platform. Now, again, we don't know if that was true, uh, but but now reports say that Apple, in fact, won't remove Twitter. You know, Elon Musk, man, he just he's one man, as Senator Warren says, can't can't be making these decisions. So Virginia Senator Mark Warner um, is calling out Elon Musk and Apple for assisting in China's brutal authoritarian government. Oh, oh, wait, Elon Musk isn't a white knight? No, he's not, in fact. He's uh, selling those slave-made Tesla cars in China right now. But anyway, that's, that's neither here nor there. Here is Senator Mark Warner, and I have to say this is the second time in as many weeks that I'm playing the Virginia Democrat senator saying the right thing. It's starting to creep me out. Last week, I played you audio of Senator Mark Warner saying Donald Trump was right about the threat that the Chinese uh, digital fentanyl, quote unquote, app TikTok poses to America. Now here's Senator Mark Warner being right against creepy stuff. Clip two. It's one of the reasons why we ought to be calling out Apple on when they are are limiting the tools for the Chinese people. It's one of the reasons why one of my biggest concerns uh, with them. Um, Elon Musk and Twitter is the fact that Mr. Musk is entirely dependent for the success of Tesla, his biggest enterprise, on the Communist Party in China. That's where he gets his electric batteries. That's where he's got a lot of his production. Um, and the Chinese government will use any tool they can, domestic or otherwise, to continue their reign. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And I won't say this with absolute certainty, but I'm pretty sure Mark Warner is up for re-election in two years. Producer Zach with an H, can you, can you fact check me on that? I'm pretty sure Mark Warner is up for re-election in 2024 in Virginia, which is turning red, amazingly, souring on Democrat lockdown policies, keep your kids at home while we send ours to school and all that other stuff. 
rail strike update for you. So the Democrat-controlled House. So Mark Mark Warner just won in 2020. Is that what you said? Huh. Well, what the hell is this shift about? I mean, the fact that he said Donald the words Donald Trump was right, dot, 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 is amazing. But I don't know. Uh, Producer Greg Eben, can we get Mark Warner in? I, feels like it'll be a robust and informative conversation if he comes on these airwaves and says what he's been saying. Okay. All right. I may have been wrong. It's not politically expedient for Senator Mark Warner to be saying all the right things that he's saying now. Rail strike update. Democrat-controlled House passed a bill to impose a contract on rail workers in effort to prevent a strike. So H.J., Okay, resolution 100 passed by a margin 290 to 137 with 221 Democrats and 79 Republican votes. The legislation would impose the tentative agreement that Labor Secretary Marty Walsh brokered between rail unions and carriers in September, which was ultimately rejected by the rank and file workers of the four unions involved in the agreement. So that's the. The, the agreement that Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg came out and, and sort of spiked the football, but it was all fake and it fell apart and it's blown up here in the last two weeks. So on yesterday, the House narrowly passed uh, this this bill and another resolution granting workers seven days of paid sick leave, which was a center piece upholding the two parties. According to CNBC, this is a report by Breitbart News that I'm reading to you right now from Breitbart reporter Nick Gilbertson. So the Democrat House passed bill. Uh, now the bills head to the Senate where leaders of both parties hope to pass legislation quickly as Senate Majority Leader Democrat from New York Chuck Schumer told reporters on Tuesday. But I'm not so sure that that bill will pass in the Senate because you've had Bernie Sanders, who at the end of the day doesn't really give a damn about the hardships of these rail workers. I mean, he just doesn't. He's one of the most corrupt, two-faced SOBs, I'll say, in the swamp. But he's been out there vociferous against any rail deal that the rank and file, uh, some 22 uh, rail employees don't want and don't agree with. And then you've had Marco Rubio, my senior senator here in Florida, and Josh uh, Hawley of Missouri, two Republicans, so that's that, that's that old bipartisanship coming out against the Biden administration's tactics, working with uh, big corporations uh, in, in, in crushing basically the, 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 the working men and women of the rail industry. So Marco Rubio said the way to avoid a rail strike isn't for Congress to impose a deal made by labor bosses that was rejected by the rank and file of union representing over half the rail workers. The way to avoid a strike is a new deal that rank and file members will support. Rubio continues, just because Congress has the authority to impose a heavy handed solution doesn't mean we should. It is wrong for the Biden administration, which has failed to fight for workers, to ask Congress to impose a deal that workers themselves have rejected. Rubio continues, on the one hand, you've got Wall Street drive for efficiency that has turned rail workers into little more than line items on a spreadsheet. On the other hand, you have union leadership so disconnected from its rank and file that they struck a deal that members can't support. 
Josh Hawley blasted him, Mr. Pro-Worker Joe Biden on Wednesday. So these aren't federal employees. So Joe Biden as president can't make these people go to work, even though Congress is imposing a worker agreement between them and the businesses that they work for with the unions bargaining in between in the middle for them. These union, these rail workers can still strike. Um, We don't know if that will happen, but certainly we'll stay on top of the story. Michael Waltz sounded off on the hypocrisy of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris fighting for BLM rioters being jailed, but being silent on slave-like Chinese workers being beaten for daring to leave Apple manufacturing facilities. Congressman Waltz said, American companies doing business with China are about to face a new harsh reality in a GOP-controlled house. The congressman was just getting started. Congressman, are you there? Yeah, hey, good to be with you again. It is good to have you. I've just been seeing you making the rounds, fake news, trusted news uh, for several weeks now. And you've been making amazing points about the effectlessness of the Biden administration on a whole host of issues. I think the one that I want to start with the most here is the fact that the there is massive protests in China which is something that national radio broadcasters can't say very often, if ever. Right. And it is happening and it is culminated as a result of just brutal and inhumane lockdown policies that have contributed to people burning alive in an apartment building. You have workers at, at the, the largest Apple manufacturer in China um, who are being beaten when trying to escape the, the facility. Many of these pe- people have already committed suicide. The working conditions are so terrible. And on this issue, uh, despite all the issues that the Biden administration has come out on, that you, you've made a point to list, the White House is basically saying that the protesters speak for themselves. We wish them the best. Good luck. Yep. They basically said, you're on your own. <laughs> Uh, and uh, it, to take it a step further, I mean, we have case after case. Imagine if you're in a, say, a, a Chinese version of a Walmart, and uh, they randomly test one of the customers, and the next thing you know, all of the doors are chained shut, employees, customers, you name it, and you are locked down and trapped inside that store until Chinese officials decide. Uh, to give you the, the all clear for weeks and weeks, same same thing in factories. And what amazes me about the Biden administration is they had no problem speaking out for the protesters on behalf of them when they were burning American cities in 2020. But yet when it comes to women in Iran, when it comes to these poor people that are being brutalized in China, Cuba, Venezuela, around the world, then uh, the Biden administration is silent weak, feckless, and all these people need to hear is that America stands with you as they're putting their lives on the line to fight for their freedom. Uh, it, it's it's disgusting and it's sad. 
hundreds of women protested for weeks in Afghanistan because they were promised in the new Taliban government that they would have full rights and citizenship, you know, to education, mm -hmm. to be able to start their own business, whatever. Um, and we heard nothing from the Biden administration. That said, it's even worse than that because you have this is the same Joe Biden administration that is threatening to withhold federal funding if the state government officials don't go along with child mutilation, subsidy, subsidizing child mutilation surgery or 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 teaching sexualized uh, curriculum in the classroom. I mean, that's the type of stuff that the Biden administration feels OK about stepping in and standing up for. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right. Uh, so at the end of the day, I think uh, this president, this administration has the worst record on human rights of, of any modern uh, president. And we can keep going down the list. 30 to 40 percent of young girls that are being trafficked across our border, which the Biden administration does nothing to stop. 30 to 40 percent of them uh, and do the math on the millions that are coming across are sexually assaulted are sold into human trafficking. Uh, you mentioned the, the Afghan women who literally can't even leave their home anymore after getting a taste uh, of, of freedom. Uh, it, so it's, uh, I, I, I don't even know what to say about it, it, it anymore because it's, you know, you get this happy rhetoric. You get this, um, you know, this kind of thumping of the chest uh, here at home and then for people around the world, just zero, zilch. Silence, nothing. Congressman uh, Michael Waltz joining the program. He's one of, uh, of of the good ones, one of the few that I that I trust, uh, and then I routinely ask for, and he he, he mm -hmm. usually comes through for for me. Mm -hmm. um, so you also said, Congressman, it's time to crack down on American money coming from woke companies that propose that that prop up China, Chinese government. So Tim. Tim uh, Cook, Apple CEO, is coming to Washington. He's meeting with your colleague uh, Jim Jordan and some other Republicans about to take leadership in the new majority. He's meeting with your counterparts in the Senate, uh, Cornyn. Uh, and I, I, I said on yesterday's broadcast, Congressman, that I don't know if, if I'm pretty sure you're friends with uh, Congressman Jim Jordan up there in Ohio, yeah, but I absolutely. want... I want Congressman Jordan to tell uh, Tim Cook that in the new majority, he should, as Apple CEO, suspect the harshest penalties and punishment coming out of legislation uh, that would make it very uncomfortable for Apple to continue to prop up the Chinese government. If you want to talk about incentives for moving Apple product manufacturing hubs to the United States, Let's have that conversation. Uh, it feels like America's not even on the list because if if under the yeah. pressure of the court of public opinion, Apple moves out of China, they'll just go to India or Vietnam. But but anyway, how does that look? How does cracking down on these these corporations who pose as woke doing business in this brutal regime? Yeah, well, first, we're going to. I'm just going to continue to shine a spotlight on them and and expose their hypocrisy. Uh, and it's not just Apple. It's all of these companies that are and banks that are preaching ESG at home that want to boycott Major League Baseball in Georgia uh, over 
over voting rights. By the way, we see record turnout in Georgia right now, right. Uh, you know, voting integrity, right? But then turn a blind eye to literally to modern day slavery uh, that's that's feeding into their product lines, whether it's Nike, Coca Cola. Uh, we can we can go down the list. Um, uh, a study has shown over 80 international brands, uh, many of them on our stores, literally benefit from slave labor at the yeah. end of a barrel as over two million people are in concentration camps uh, in China. Uh, but they turn a blind eye to that because, you know, they, they just want to get their next next bonus and and pad their paychecks. So I'm, I'm sick and tired of the hypocrisy. That's one. Number two, you're right. Uh, they're going to have a very tough conversation with Jim Jordan and with uh, uh, House Republicans on one, on the fact that you can't sue these people because of Section 230. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they're completely immune from liability. Uh, and number two, uh, you know, <laughs> we want to talk about misinformation. This administration wants to talk about misinformation. How about the Hunter Biden uh, cover up? How about uh, the origins of COVID that they labeled as a conspiracy theory when it's absolutely true? Uh, and, and then three, where I will step in is uh, if these businesses want to do uh, if they want to have contracts with the Defense Department and they are having their components made in, in China, our greatest adversary, the greatest threat to this nation, uh, then uh, we're going to cut them off. And believe me, the Defense Department buys of a lot of electronic components. Uh, I'm on the House Armed Services Committee, and we are going to bring those supply chains back home. And as you said, at a minimum, let's get them into the Western Hemisphere, or let's yeah. get them out of let's get them out of China. Uh, so there's we we got a lot on our plate. Tim Cook's I don't think is going to enjoy his visit to Washington. Well, that's good news, Congressman Waltz. The Republican from Florida joining the program right now, um, also China related. So South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem uh, this week signed an executive order, Congressman, banning the Chinese social media app TikTok from state government devices. Um, yep. This should be done by every Republican governor um, on a state level, at the very least, Um uh, I, I would say you should probably ban it in your office, uh, even interns. Um, but what what can Congress, what can a new House majority do in a way yeah. that could at least curtail what what your what your colleague in Texas called digital fentanyl? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I don't think it should be done by every Republican governor. It should be done by every governor. Yeah. Period. Uh, you know, China has. Ch the threat from China uh, cannot be a partisan issue, even though Pelosi has made it so, uh, because any time Trump took a, a tough stand, whether it was on trade or on uh, their military aggression or on origins of covid, you know, Pelosi took the Democrats in the opposite direction just out of spite. So it needs to be a bipartisan issue. Uh, the military has already banned it from their phones. Uh, I will be looking to expand that. Uh federal government wide. Uh, it is absolutely not on mine. Uh, I'm still in a I'm still in a full wrestling match with some members of my family, I'll be honest, uh, because you. they've created an incredibly addictive uh, software deliberately. And for everybody out there listening, look, this thing, if you have it on your phone, even if you're not using it, it is sucking out your passwords, your financial information, 
uh, in your keystrokes, everything you're doing uh, on that device. And why does that matter? Just take a step back. It may not matter to that particular individual or that teenager or what have you, but if you take a step back, when they're collecting this massive amount of data yeah. and we had some type of conflict, they can then locate or send certain amounts of propaganda to, say, our pilots, to our uh, military members, if their families still have it on their phone, to, say, like railroad engineers, to critical elements of our society that they will be able to locate, that they will be able to uh, focus information to, uh, and that they it'll be a massive, massive propaganda machine. Um, it, that's the type of thing uh, that we have to walk away from. And by the way, I don't think it's being talked about enough, the Indian government has completely banned not only TikTok, but a number of Chinese apps from anywhere uh, uh, in their country. And I think that's the direction that we're going to be moving in in a Republican majority. India first is very, very self-protective nationalist country that in some ways looks like it's gearing up for some kind of a conflict with China. Um, Congressman, I want to move on to the border. Sure. Um, just stunning, but not all that surprising that the Biden uh, officials are apparently worried about the optics of thousands, if not tens of thousands of illegal immigrants set to just flood over the border now that a federal judge has stricken down Title 42. Um, I made the point earlier, Congressman, that Alejandro Mayorkas, the DHS secretary, could have appealed this this court ruling, but instead asked for a five-week wind-down period it's, it's just not shocking that, you know, not the towns and municipalities that are going to be negatively impacted by this flood of new illegal immigrants, not the human and sex trafficking, not the drugs, not the fact that the borders, cart the drug cartels will continue to make billions of dollars. It's the optics mm -hmm. that the Biden administration is worried about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. It's the optics and they're and they're worried about it heading in uh, for political reasons, heading into um you know, heading, heading into 2024, and it, it, it it's affecting every town uh, in our country. Every town is a border town. And what has me so pissed off and upset is when I talk to veterans who are, aren't getting the services they deserve, when I talk to seniors uh, that that we have to help through, uh, through our offices, schools, roads, bridges, hospitals. I mean, when you have the size of two Jacksonville, Florida's, yeah. right, uh, at two million people a year uh, flooding into our system and people already uh, are dealing with strained government services. Uh, it, it's, it's completely unfair and it's completely wrong. But this administration, I think at the end of the day, really doesn't care. Um, they obviously don't because they're doing nothing about it. Uh, <laughs> this is why we have to get uh, – the Senate. This is why we have to get the White House back. Um, th this is just an utterly, completely unsustainable situation. Maybe it'll get just so bad that for purely political and optical reasons, the administration will start to do a little bit about it. Uh, we'd be blue in our face, Congressman, if we held our breath waiting for that. Yeah. I mean, but thank God for our governors, though. Right. I mean, thank God. Uh, I, I, I really was uh, looking forward to getting Carrie Lake in um, to yeah. take a tougher stand. But, you know, thank God, at least for Abbott, uh, for Ron DeSantis, 
uh, for others uh, that are doing everything they can at a, at a state level. Um, this is a total abrogation of duty, and I would not be surprised if you see impeachment hearings starting to gear up um, uh, for Mayorkas. Yeah, no, I don't think that uh, Governor Abbott or, or 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 our governor here, DeSantis, can can fuel up enough buses and planes to just send these people to the blue areas who have told us for years that they're sanctuaries uh, for these illegal immigrants, um, Congressman. Michael Waltz of Florida joining the program right now. Thank you for being uh, generous with your time. I got a couple more that I just want to ask you about. Um, Can I just add one more thing on the border, though, that this is and this is something Trump suggested. And, of course, the establishment, you know, mainstream media mocked him for it. But this is also a military issue. These cartels are armed to the teeth. They are well financed. They are cooperating with China. Uh, they are they are a destabilizing force. Uh, and and I think uh, as we helped the Colombian government do back in the 90s, uh, uh, I, I think we need to be much more aggressive and assertive in helping the Mexican government using military assets. I'm not talking about boots on the ground, sure. intelligence, drones, satellite uh, and other things to start uh, taking these cartels down. Um, but. Not only are we not doing that, uh, you know, this administration's enriching them by encouraging, uh, by encouraging this this trafficking. But that's the type of shift uh, I think we need to see in a Republican-led White House. Man, music to mine, and I'm sure the audience's ears. Sure. Um, Congressman, you've you've also made it a big point to 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 urge the the, serious, the severity and the importance of Republicans using the tactics. Uh, that Democrats use uh, in terms of mail voting uh, to to get uh, as many Republican ballots in as possible. We've seen people like your colleague Mike Garcia out in California do this in several uh, elections now to to great benefit. Um, Can you expand on that? Yeah, look, and we did it in Florida, too. It's one of the reasons we had such a red wave in Florida uh, is that if done the right way, and I say that you know very strongly and carefully, if yeah. done the right way with integrity, mail works for Republicans. Why? Uh, because our rural voters, uh, many of which you know uh, have a harder time getting to polling sites, use mail extensively and have, uh, and also our elderly voters who have a harder time but tend to be conservative. Uh, because they've had a full lifetime of paying taxes and often seeing them wasted, uh, that uh, mail works for them as well. We have to fight on the battlefield that the Democrats have presented. And if we just walk away from it, they're going to keep eating our lunch on mail and early voting. And I also want to be very clear. I'm not talking about blasting ballots out. Sure. Uh, In Florida, you have to request it. Uh, There is integrity through the process. But for particularly for our seniors and rural voters that follow that process, it works for us. And we should not dissuade them and say, no, no, uh, don't don't use it and just hope that they show up on Election Day. For example, in Nevada, uh, there was a storm in northern Nevada and a lot of rural counties on Election Day. And, and, you know, it affected turnout in Florida. Hurricane Nicole was supposed to hit Miami on Election Day. Fortunately, it slowed down. It still smacked us pretty hard, but it 
it uh, it slowed down and hit a couple of days after, but had it hit on election day. So we can't we just can't put all our eggs in that basket. Uh, voting integrity is critical, but mail uh, works for a key part of our constituency, uh, and yeah, we we have to fight on all cylinders here uh, and use every tool in the toolkit. Um, and I think it's one of the key reasons that we didn't see uh, the red the red wave that we were hoping for. Congressman Michael Walz joining the program. Uh, lastly, Congressman, where did you come down on the uh, rail strike? I think uh, your counterpart in the Senate, uh, uh, in the Florida, uh, uh, I guess, Florida family, our senior Senator Marco Rubio put it best when he basically said you have Wall Street fat cats who are going to get their way no matter what, and all they care about is efficiency in the bottom line. And the, those mm-hmm. tens of thousands of rail workers be damned. I've People have reached out to me, uh, congressmen, and have said it's not just the compensation. It's not just the, the fact that they are penalized for, for, for paid, taking paid leave or, or taking leave. It's the fact that they're overworked. They're doing the job themselves of two or three people. Um, it's a combination of all of it. And these union boss bosses, they make the six-figure fa- salaries. Marty Walsh and Pete Buttigieg, who a caller pointed out, actually took paid time off after he had his baby. Yeah. Um, they've all failed these people. Um, but where'd you come down on the vote and how do you see this shaking out in the Senate? Yeah, look, I mean, I, I think this was a total and utter failure of uh, Union Joe, <laughs> um, right? Who's supposed to be the most uh, pro-union uh, president in, in modern history. And yet he and Walsh and Buttigieg all screwed this up uh, over the course of, of the last two years, uh, number one. Number two, I have real issue with the control that unions have, and I saw a, uh, a vote for this package as empowering them. Um, and then thirdly, yeah. uh, I, I thought the package itself uh, doesn't address some of the concerns that you're hearing but yet does just kind of pour money on uh, the situation. Those costs are going to be passed through right to American consumers and, uh, and, and drive inflation yet even higher. So at the end of the day, uh, I voted against it, not because I don't have some sympathy for the rail workers, uh, because I have a real issue with, uh, with the direction unions have gone, the control that they have, and the fact that this, uh, you know, coming in at the last minute and bailing uh, this administration out after they've just screwed this up royally, um, I, I just had real issue with that. It was the right vote. I know it was a hard vote. Um, I'm, it was. I'm four blocks away from CSX, the, the, the yeah. national or international hub here in downtown Jacksonville, Florida. Um, again, Congressman, always a pleasure. Uh, let's try to do this again before the year ends. Um, Absolutely. And I just want to say, look, I mean, I, my heart goes out to a lot of these workers, hardworking, great Americans uh, and our railroad uh, carriers that are a backbone of our economy. Uh, I just didn't think that that what was presented to us was the right solution. So I, I look forward to keep to, to keep working with them on it. God bless you, Congressman. All right. Take care. Talk to you soon.
This is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. Thanks for listening.